Hi, this is Pastor Anthony, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in to our IES Encounter podcast. I hope you've encountered God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit through the preach Word of God. May His Word continue to permeate in your hearts and result in changed lives. God bless you. Welcome back to IES Encounter online service. My name is Anthony. I'm the pastor here. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time, I'd like to welcome you to sit back and relax and continue to enjoy the presence of the Lord. I hope all of us had encountered Jesus through our worship earlier. And let's continue with expectation to continue to encounter God even more through the preach word. We've named this ministry Encounter because we believe one encounter with the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, can change your life, change your, change your life for now and change your life for eternity and obviously change for the better. In this past month, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer, um, the prayer that Jesus taught His disciples. We've also heard from various people speaking about prayer. I hope uh, they've been very helpful and encouraging for you to build up your prayer life. Friends, with everything that's going on right now in the world and probably in your life, I believe prayer is so crucial. Prayer is so important. It's always been important, but especially now, as we face this pandemic, as we face uncertain times, we're all facing this together. Some, um, we're all facing this together, right? We have, we're experiencing the same storm, but we're on different ships. But guess what? We have the same Jesus who calms the storm. Amen? So this week has actually been a really tough week for me. My, my family in LA, they're going through a very major health issues and, and I'm here in Jakarta. Um, I can't help to feel helpless, but I'm reminded in the power of prayer. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is necessary. Prayer changes us and prayer is definitely our lifeline. So right now I'm, I'm living out my faith. Um, I'm living by faith, not by sight. I'm living out my belief, my conviction, and I'm living out what I'm preaching. I'm doubling down on God to take care of my family as I'm here. And I'm asking Him for the strength to face whatever outcome um, that I'm going, to, I'm going to face in the future. So I believe um, with all my heart that I'm receiving His peace and um, that He is protecting my heart and my mind in and through Christ Jesus. And if He's able to do that for me, He's able to do that for you. So friends, you see our theology, the study of God, it has to be, it's not has to be, it's meant to be helpful. It's meant to be practical and easy to live out. Theology is not meant just for something that we learn, that we study, we think about, but it's meant for something to be lived out and to change our lives. Our theology is meant to be, I said earlier, practical and helpful. So what we encounter today or what we encounter together during the service, um, um, His presence, His love, His mercy, His grace, um, His peace, His word, what we encounter when we get together is meant to help you and I for our Monday, Tuesday, all the way through our Saturday. It's meant to help us, to transform us, to encourage us, to build up our faith and our hope so that we won't fall under pressure, that we'll have victories, that we can have breakthroughs. So this is why we make the effort to put together these online services. We believe 
um, each service is, is a potential for a life changing for someone. Because we believe every time we get together, every time we draw near to God, He draws nearest to us and He speaks to us. This is why we tune in each week. This is why we are eagerly to have an encounter with Jesus. Because when we encounter Christ, He will help us overcome our trials, our tests, our tribulations, the turmoil that we face. We receive all of this as we draw near to Him. So we draw near to Him, not just once a week, but on a daily basis. Why? Because we need God on a daily basis. And what we've been studying in the past few weeks, that's why He teaches us to pray for our daily bread. As I said earlier, this has been really a tough week. And even a few hours before I did this recording, received some just hard news about my dad. And, you know, I'm continuing to trust. Um, the Lord has um, helped me to get through these times or still getting through these times. As I seek His help, He has strengthened me. And there's one passage that comes to mind. It's from 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. I'd like to share with all of you. Uh, I'm reading the message translation. It says, No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course what others had to face. Meaning I'm not alone in this. All you need to remember, all I need to remember, is God will never let me down. He'll never let me be pushed past my limit. He'll always be there to help me come through it. So I'm studying, I'm meditating this passage. I'm asking God to reveal Himself again in and through it. Um, um, I'm, I'm studying it and I'm asking God to have an encounter with His living Word. And as I'm studying, I'm, I'm looking at how did Paul come to this awareness? Uh, I want to experience what he experienced. How can he has this sense of calmness, right? So my study led me to 2 Corinthians 4. And then Paul, Paul has gone through a lot. He says, he's hard-pressed from every side, but he's not crushed. He's perplexed, but not in despair. He's persecuted, but not abandoned. That means he went through persecution, but he was never alone. Struck down, but not destroyed. Meaning that even though he was struck down, he's able to continue. And in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, we patiently endure trouble and hardship and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We live close to death, but we're still alive. We have been beaten, but not killed. Our hearts ache, but He has joy. We're poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, but yet have everything. So I'm studying this passage by Paul. Now, after having a better understanding of what he's gone through, I can reread 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and have a better understanding, appreciation that Paul is not just saying this for something for that we would memorize. Let me read it again. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course what others had to face. So now I'm thinking of all the things that Paul has gone through. He says, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Even though you're persecuted, God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to get you through it. So this is what I learned. And I want to share with all of you. We're not alone. I'm not alone in this. 
you're not alone in whatever you're facing right now. Others have faced and um, whatever it is that you're going through and they've, they've made it through, right? God has always been faithful in helping His people, people like Paul. So whatever you're facing today, whatever I'm facing today, God will help us to get through it. Amen? I believe that with all my heart. This is why for us, um, for IES, community is vital. For IES Encounter, community is a must. Community is our lifeline. See, we all go through hard times, and during those hard times, God will comfort us. God will help us to get through it. How? By sending His people to be an extension of His love, an extension of His hands, an extension of His feet. Be a, the people around us are going to be a source of encouragement to, to pray with us, to comfort us, to help us in any way that we would need. So if you're watching this right now, wherever you are right now, and if you've been isolating yourself, if you've been neglecting fellowship and community, you've been neglecting friends or you know your life group, your small group, you're not attending church, please come back. Don't face these hard times alone. I know that life is hard and life is not what we expect it right now. Well, you're not alone and I'm not alone. We're in this together. Um, like I said before, we're all in the same storm together. We all are in different ships, but we have the same God who calms the storm. Amen? So this Christ-centered community is vital, as I said earlier. We need to be intentional in staying connected to one another, to support one another, to encourage one another, to remind one another, and to edify one another that we are not alone. Friends, God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed beyond your limits. He's always going to be there to help you to go through it. And His help comes in many different ways. And often, as I know in my own life, is through the community that He has placed me in. So God has placed people and community um, in your life. Do not neglect them. Your encounter family, we're here for you. We've been trying to support one another, praying for one another, checking up on another, supporting our, our friends' business endeavors, right? We buy drinks from each other, ice cream. We buy fried chicken, tahu, you name it. We've been trying to support one another. And I know from myself and many of our um, Encounter family, we've missed many of you during this COVID time. We've noticed that some of you have dropped out. You're not attending service or you're not attending life group anymore. You're not attending the online gathering. And, and it makes us sad, not because of our attendance, but we know that all of us are facing some kind of a hardship and we don't want you to be alone. God doesn't want you to be alone. So we've missed you, friends. Uh, we miss being with you. Give us the opportunity to be there for one another. Amen. So I just want to once again say that you're not alone. Whatever you're facing, others are facing too. And we're here for you. God is here for you. Let's be here for each other. Let's carry each other's burdens. So I hope as you're hearing this, the Holy Spirit is going to work in your heart. I pray that you will experience and that you will encounter God and that He will give you the strength, the desire, and encourage you to reconnect back with Him, and not only with Him, but through with His people, your encounter family here. I pray that you will 
have the courage and the desire to pursue God again, to pursue fellowship, to pursue community. And friends, reconnecting with God is so easy. The moment that we turn towards Him, He runs towards us. So it's so easy to reconnect with God. And reconnecting with your encounter family is just as easy as well. All you got to do is attend one of our online gatherings, whether it's this service, chat with somebody or a life group, call one of your friends at Encounter. And you could also contact me. Um, regardless wherever you are in the world, we could always make the time work. So I would love to reconnect with all of you. All right, so that's, that's been a long introduction, but I want us to get into our study. We've been studying the Lord's Prayer, and I've been reading the Kingdom New Testament version by Professor N.T. Wright where I get majority of the material for this study. So let's get to it. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. As in heaven, so on earth. Give us today the bread we need now and forgive us the things we owe as we too have forgiven what was owed to us. Don't bring us into the great trial, but rescue us from evil. So according to Professor Wright, this translation is the closest actual to the actual meaning or the understanding that Jesus wants us to understand or what he was referring to. Don't bring us into this great trial, but rescue us from evil. So when he's talking about the great trial, um, he's talking about Jesus referring to the night of his arrest when he brought Peter, James, and John to the garden at Gethsemane to pray. So he said to them, watch and pray so that you may not come into Pirasmos, I'm butchering that pronunciation, forgive me, which means the testing, the great time of tribulation. So Jesus knew, according to Professor Wright, he says, from his study, he says, Jesus knew not only the purposes of God, but the dark power of evil was converging on that very moment. That's why he prayed. That's why he asked the three of them to come and join him. Professor Wright says, continues, says, dark power was closing on him and it was his role to go and defeat them by actually dying under the weight um, of the world's sin. So only Jesus and Jesus alone could have possibly faced that great pressure, the great trial, the great time of tribulation, the great temptation. And in this prayer, Jesus is essentially teaching His disciples, teaching us to pray to be rescued from that great trial, from the great pressure, because it's just too much. Listen to Jesus' words as he described the pressure that he was facing in that garden before he arrested. This is Jesus, the Son of God, God himself. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Can you imagine the weight that he was feeling that night? He says that he fell face on the ground and he prayed, Father, is it possible? May this cup be taken away from me but not as my will, but your will be done. That was the first time. The second time, he prayed the same thing. My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. And Jesus actually prayed the third time saying the same thing. Jesus had to pray three times to overcome the pressure, the great pressure, to overcome the great trial that he was going to face. To overcome the great tribulation, to overcome the temptation. And he come to a conclusion, not my will, but your will be done in and through his prayer. 
And so Jesus is teaching you, teaching me how to pray. He's teaching us to pray, please help us so that we can be rescued for this, from the great pressure, the great pressure that he himself faced. So does the prayer, don't bring us into great trial. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Friends, only Jesus was capable in facing and overcoming what he had to face. Therefore, we must give thanks to the Lord. We must give thanks to Jesus for defeating darkness and the evils of this world, for overcoming the pressure and overcoming death. Now, because of what Jesus had done, we too now, we can face the great pressures that we face in our lives and we can overcome. When we face these great time of trials and tests, tribulations, turmoil, we can go to the promises of Jesus. Jesus said this in John 16, 33 to his disciples, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, in this world, you and I will have tribulation. We will face distress and suffering. But Jesus said, be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. Amen. So when we face this great time of troubles, we can go back to Jesus' promise and through that we can overcome. And we can be encouraged by Paul's word. As I read earlier, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation, no temptation that you're facing, that I'm facing, no test is beyond the course of what others had to face. We're not alone. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you push beyond your limits. He'll always be there to help you to come through it. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for teaching us this prayer. Thank you for conquering um, death, for overcoming that great pressure. Now, that's just the first half. The second part of the prayer is, is don't bring us, uh, the first part, don't bring us into this great trial, but rescue us from evil. Friends, I think all of us, those who are watching, you and I are aware that evil exists in our world. There are many dark forces and evil forces lingering around. And, it's, and this evil is manifested in many different shapes. For example, trafficking, human trafficking, especially human trafficking of children, using them for slavery, using them for prostitution. Have you seen the movie Take, uh, Taken? Um, that's, you know, it's a movie, but those things still happen. Or Blood Diamonds and what people are doing to villages of people just for these diamonds. And if you look up the genocide in Rwanda and many, many, many more, I want to show you a quick video that's going to help us um, to understand um, why we need to pray, deliver us from evil. So let's watch this video together. Just beyond the shadows of Cambodia's rich culture lie stories that no one should have to tell. I remember when I was young, I used to sleep on the street. Stories of rape, slavery, and lost innocence. When I was five years old, I started to work to support my family. You are watching pictures of Phnom Penh streets because Ka's story is too dangerous to show. We can't show you her face because she's afraid. 
We can't show you where she lives because others are afraid too. And we can't show you the places where she spent four and a half years in a personal hell because it would be too dangerous to take our cameras in. My father, he was violent and he drank alcohol and he beat up my mom. Like so many children in Cambodia, Ka's story begins with years of poverty and abuse. And at that time, I was very, very unhappy. And all I could think about was to help my mom get some more money. She left home when she was just 16 and traveled to the Thai border in search of a job. A taxi driver took her to a nearby karaoke club where she found work. So I asked her, what is the job like? And she said that it's a very easy job. And I told her I want to work in a place with no alcohol. And she said, of course not. She found a job that would change her life forever. I did not know it was a brothel. Over the next four and a half years, Ka would be forced to have sex with as many as 10 men in one day. She was raped, beaten, and drugged. At that time, I didn't even think about the future. All I thought about was that one day I would die. Ka's story is common in Cambodia. There are tens of thousands of women just like her. Young girls in search of money to support their families quickly become tangled in a maze of abduction and violence. And many of these women aren't women at all. Some who endure these horrors are as young as six years old. Six years old. If you try to escape, on the road there would be someone who would wait and shoot you. Four and a half years after that innocent taxi ride, Ka's nightmare would finally come to an end. She was freed from the brothel. I was very, very happy. I could only see the sunlight, but I could never see the sun itself. So the day that I was released from the brothel, I first saw the sun, and I could not have words to compare, you know? Ka was taken to World Vision's Trauma Recovery Center a safe haven for women and children recovering from sexual abuse. She is receiving counseling, health care, vocational training, and the opportunity to begin again. By the way, on the day they were freed from the brothel, all the girls sang a song. A song for rain, for rain to wash all the dirt away. I can see a brighter day. I can see light coming into my life. Friends, God made this world to be good. God made a good world, and evil has no place in it. This is why we need to be diligent in praying this prayer. We need to do it every single day, not just for our bread, but we need to pray this Deliver us from evil. Deliver our world from its evil. And once we pray, we can do so much more to, to tackle the evils of this world. Um, one of the ways, a practical way, you could partner with one of our IES missionary. Her name is Jay Ailani. She ministers to girls who had suffered by the sex industry. Jay's information is going to be given right there in, in, the, in the live chat group. You could partner with um, IES Missions Department, contact Pastor Katie. You could contact um, World Vision Indonesia, as I mentioned last week as well. So there are many things that we can do, but we must start with prayer. Not only...
to get us away from the temptation, but we need to pray that we would be delivered from evil. So, what can we learn or what have we learned today from this prayer? Well, let me, let me sum it up for you. And this is why it's important for you and for me. Jesus wants to rescue us from a time of great pressure, from a time of great trial, great tribulation. Perhaps you're going through something that's just really, really hard. Like I'm going through something that I've never gone through in my life right now. And so Jesus wants us to rest. He wants to rescue us from that. He doesn't want us to go through what he went through. But however Jesus knew in this world, he says, we will face some pressure. We will face trials and tribulations, temptations and suffering and hardship. And some of these things that we're facing, perhaps you're facing today, is going to bring you to a point where you're about to break. But friends, there's good news. God will rescue you if you allow him to. God will help you not to break. God is helping me right now not to break down. And He's going to help you too. And I know and I believe with my heart that He's going to help me and my family to go through um, this hardship right now. And He's going to help you all the same. So please pay attention to this. We all need to hear this. God wants to help you and I to get through our circumstances. God wants you to get through it. It might not be the process or the outcome that we would like, but He promises that we can get through it. He promises to be there with us, that He will walk with us, and He promises to help people to support us, community and fellowship for us to lean on, right? Remember the song that He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is working even when we don't see it. So what we can see, what is tangible, is the community of God. The community of God that He has placed us in. So I want to just re-encourage you to remind you again, don't neglect fellowship. Don't neglect community. Do not isolate yourself during these hard times. We are here for you, and we are here for each other. Amen. I don't know what I would do right now during this time if I didn't have my community, my fellowship, my church family to lean on during these difficult times. So friends, I've been saying this week after week. The things that you need most in your life right now is just one prayer away. Amen. So build up your prayer life. Now, during the benediction song, take some time just to pray. Talk to your father. Um, ask him to reconnect you back to him if you've been isolating yourself. Um, ask him to reconnect you with, with fellowship, with community, right? And immediately after the song has ended, as is every service, we're going to have a Zoom hangout. So I hope you could join us. I hope you can reconnect. And I just want to pray a blessing over you. Have a great week ahead. Now, I want to end our time by reading this quote from N.T. Wright. He says, Our prayer about temptations, our prayer about deliverance from evil, must always bring us back with awe and gratitude to the foot of the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us and that for all that you will continue to do in us, for us, and through us. Church, 
scattered, be the church, and go with the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship and the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon you. God bless you. Have a great week. See you next time.